For the Sarashima, the naming of a child is a family matter. For me, it marked a bond with tradition that would govern my life. The names of my maternal relatives have always been chosen at Kyoji in Meguro. You can just about glimpse the temple from the park at the end of our street. It sits at the base of a hill in the very centre of our neighbourhood. The green peaks of its roof tiles gleam in the sun, and the red pillars of the portico peer out over the surrounding buildings. As I grew up, my grandfather told me that our family had worshipped there since coming to Tokyo. He said that they remained at prayer during the firebombing of the city, and that after the war they had restored the temple. For him, it is a symbol of regeneration. This is why, as soon as Mama recovered from my birth, instead of gathering around the kamidana in the northern corner of the living room, my family went to Kyoji, and my mother carried me in her arms beneath the gates and into the heart of the temple complex. As we climbed the stone steps leading to the main hall, my mother glanced up at the sprawling wooden roof, at its curved eaves stretching out beyond the building, shutting out the sunlight, resulting in the cool, dark shadows within. Inside, we proceeded through the sweet smoke of incense to the altar. All around us, the wind blew through, in gusts, and the air swirled, while outside the bronze bells of the surrounding temples began to toll. I don't remember this journey, but I can see it quite clearly. Me in my cream blanket, my father carrying Tora, the toy white tiger grandpa had given to me, and my grandfather himself, grave in his three-piece suit. I've been told this story so many times, it has seeped into my memory. One of the monks, pale in his indigo robes, bowed to my grandfather and took from him a pouch containing a selection of names. My mother had prepared these names, first consulting the astrologer and then choosing her favourites, counting out the strokes of the characters to ensure that each given name, when combined with our surname, would add up to an optimal number. I can still see her sitting at our dining table in her house slippers and jeans, an oversized t-shirt covering the bump that was me. The blinds are open, the sun slants across the marble floors of our home, while in the kitchen the rice cooker bubbles and the washing up dries on the draining board. My mother lays a sheet of rice paper out in front of her and turns to the inkstone by her side. I can see her dip her brush into the ink, smell the rich scent of earth and pine, soot rising into the air. As using the very tip of the bristles, she presses down, the horsehair bending to create the first fluid stroke. The monk bowed once more and placed the names in a shallow dish upon the altar. Then, kneeling before them, he selected a delicate wooden fan and, in unison with the breeze that drifted through the open screens, unfurled it, whipping up currents of air. Everyone was silent. The grey smoke of the incense drifted towards the rafters, as one by one the names painted by my mother flew towards the ceiling. Eventually, one remained, alone on the teak surface. Sumiko. Grandpa knelt and picked it up from the altar, and a smile broke out on his face as he read the characters of my given name and their meaning. Celebration. Beauty. Child. Sumiko, he said. Sumiko Sarashima.
My father had been silent throughout the proceedings. In the weeks leading up to my birth, plans for an adoptive ceremony had been discussed. Under Japanese law, both people in a marriage must share the same surname. But in certain circumstances, a husband may take his wife's surname and join her household, so that her name and her line may continue. My father was a second son, and his family, the Satos, readily agreed. However, that day, as the monk took out a fresh sheet of paper and began to inscribe my full name upon it, my father spoke. Sato, he said. She is a Sato, not a Sarashima. <laughs>